and all the glory belongs to him. Amen. Bless your name, Lord. You are great and you do miracles. You're so great. There's no one else like you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for a people that desires to hear. And I ask you, Lord, that you would release an anointing over them to receive and produce what your word has declared. In Jesus' name, all God's people said amen. Turn and hug somebody real good. I mean, hug them real good. I don't mean, I mean, a, a, yeah. And we can release the children. Those of you, are, the children are going to um, be together for just a moment. You can release your children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amazing. Wow. I received the word of the Lord today, Zelda Yule spoke about, it's time to step forward, it's time to step forward this, this season right now is a season of stepping forward, amen and um, how many of you sense that that is so right it's just so true and I, I want to be succinct today I'd like to just share a simple principle with you as you know we only have one more week this week and next week until our first fruit season comes to an end. And I want you to take advantage of it. And so many of you have been blessed. There are several testimonies you're going to hear um, as we go forward um, of what God has done in people's lives because they, they, they really believed and they did it. And today I'm, I'm going to be succinct because um, something happened to me in, in these last two weeks, and specifically last week, um, Carolyn and I, like everyone else, we, um, we felt like we would never want to ask you to do something that we ourselves are not doing. And um, so we, were, we, we talked about our first fruits and what we were going to give, and we came into this, I, I call it first level agreement. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because another level might come. <laughs> and so... We, we're in agreement and um, someone put some money in my hand and uh, it was what I needed to finish today so I'm going to finish today amen I just um, I need to explain to you I need to explain to you that, that what we promised we didn't have you know we didn't have it but that's not unusual the way God has worked with us he will many times ask us to commit him commit to him for something we don't have all of it and um, so we know we get excited about it when that happens that means he's going to supply it and here's the way I've worked it out with the Lord but he said if I put it in your hands will you give it so I'm asking you that question if God put it in your hands would you give it what if you made a promise to the Lord that was beyond your present ability? And I'm going to show, share with you in a moment how and why we were able to do that and how you can do that. You, you need to know something. When God asks you to deliver something to him that you don't have but you have to believe him for, you can know there is a powerful return on what you're, what you're giving. 
And uh, so I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. But I, I just want to tell you that this has been a wonderful first fruit season. And uh, stand up if you have a personal testimony of how God either supplied it or what he's done because you did it. And uh, if God's done that, something very special for you during this first fruit season. You, and I don't want you to give your testimony yet, but stand, just stand. And I just wanted you to look at some people. Our season's not even over yet. And he's already started to do some incredible things. And I, lo I love it when God does that. I Did you share last week? Not yet, huh? Weren't you supposed to share? No? Later. Okay, all right. Yes. Do they have your number? Okay. Would you text Tiffany your name so she can, she can um, make sure that you have an opportunity to share what God is doing? It's a really amazing thing. Okay, so I'm going to do what I got to do, then I got to do it, say what I got to say, and you got to do what you got to do. Amen? And God will be glorified. Mm. Sometimes the toughest thing is to give God what you've been wanting so bad, he manifested, and it's amazing how God will come back and say, I want that. It's amazing how the Lord, you can ask him for something, because you know, you're, you know you're, some people don't pray because they don't have any faith that God will answer. They're afraid that God won't answer, so they don't ask. Some people ask deep within, they have a desire, they never let it come out of their mouth, but they have a deep desire within, but they never let it come out of their mouth. They don't say it because they don't want to put themselves on the spot or as they think, put God on the spot if he doesn't answer because, my God, if he doesn't answer, it must mean I have no favor with him or something's wrong with me or God doesn't love me or God doesn't care about me. It's an amazing thing. And I've, I've shared this story with you, but in this first fruit season, I want to take a little bit of it and share it with you just a moment and open to you for a moment a secret that you may not know. So it was so simple, but, but if you can't produce the thing that you want, but you can't because you've done everything, you've everything in your power to do it, but it just hasn't happened. I wonder if there's anybody here that wants something really bad, but for the life of them, they can't make it happen on their own. If you have enough courage to raise your hand and look around and see how many of you are that way, check that out. Check that out. Check that out. Lord, I want you to do it. Excuse me. I'm not saying something that's crazy that you know you shouldn't have. I'm not talking about a desire that says, you know, I, don't, I want them to move out of their house so I can get their house. I don't mean that. God's got enough houses, amen. I don't mean something strange like, you know, ooh, he sure is fine. Lord, I want you to move her out the way so I can take her. I don't mean that kind of prayer. I'm not talking about displacing anybody's job or person or possession. I'm not talking about somebody else losing when you win your prayer. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something that is righteous that you really desire. You want him to do it. But for the life of you, it hasn't happened. It's beyond your power. And the reason why I'm saying this to you because that is exactly the case 
that's exactly the case. And Abraham said, Lord, more than anything else, I want a son. For them, it means a whole lot more for them than unfortunately has become to mean for so many other people. Having children and posterity is not nearly as important to people today as it was for our patron, Abraham. Our culture has come to the place where we've devaluated the, the, how precious and important children are. Parents that have children, you know, they are, they're, they're both thankful and, uh, amen, thankful, amen. <laughs> if you have children, you raise your if you have children. You have kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have to have a child, by the way, to understand how precious they are. And you have to have a, a child to understand how that child abuse is something that you do have to contend with. Amen. And I, I, don't, I don't know if you understand that or not, but if you have kids, you know, if you have children, uh, you, you're all tempted to go, you know, you're tempted at sometimes. Yes, amen. Yes, you're tempted at times. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means that they have a way of getting to you. Amen. Abraham wanted the opportunity for a child to get to him. You're doing everything you need to do to have children. You know, it's a dumb prayer for you to pray to have children, but you have no relationships with your wife. Is this working? Okay. It wasn't a dumb prayer for Abraham. It wasn't that they didn't do what was necessary for children to come, but for the life of them, as healthy as they seem to be, Sarah's body's healthy, Abraham's body's healthy as far as he knows, but he can't. And we find out later that God is the one that in his sovereignty says, no. I wonder how many of your prayers of things you really want God to do that God has held up for a specific reason. God decided that no, not now. Not, not ever. Not now. Well, my God, after 25, 30 years, you, you know, not now feels like not ever. I'm sorry that most of you don't know the story, but you know Sarah, a midwife, who, one who would deliver babies, could not deliver her own. I'm saying this to you, every first fruit season it comes around again because the thing comes up what you want to do, what you, need, what you want God to do for you that you can't do for yourself. And so, but Abraham is obedient to the Lord and he hears God and he heard the Lord when he said, I want you to pack up. I want you to leave the familiar, your, your people. I want you to leave your peeps. I want you to leave your hood. Amen. It's amazing to me how many folks live in the hood that don't have to live in the hood. They complain about the hood. It's amazing. But God said, I want you to leave your hood. And I want you to go where I tell you. And Sarah, being a good wife, who didn't say, you don't even know where you're going, instead of going there. Instead of saying to Abraham stuff like, uh, 
Where are we going? Because you know, wives want to know. They have a need to know. All the wives clap their hands and show you're right, Bishop. We, where are we going? Where are we going to live? You know, how are we going to eat? Hello? Men can have dreams, and men should have dreams, but women, they need money. <laughs> yes, amen. He said, wherever the Lord tells us. And Abraham packed everything, and he left. And during his time of travels, it takes him through many things. And the one thing, God, by the way, he increased him. You know this story. He increased him on every hand. Physical things. He didn't, have a, he didn't have a need for God multiplied everything in his hands. How horrible to have everything in your hands multiplied, but the one thing you want to multiply doesn't. It really is amazing until he got this visitation from God and the Lord shows up and says, well, this time next year, Sarah. By the way, where is Sarah? Oh, she's in the tent, Lord. You can find this in Genesis 18, chapter 18. She's in the tent, Lord. So, well, well, well um, uh, <laughs> this time next year, Abraham, you will, by this time next year, look at your neighbor, by this time next year, you're going to have something from the Lord. He said to, he said to him, by this time next year, you're going to have the child you're asking for. Lord, thank you. You're going to have the child. Abraham's thinking, well, uh, now, I tried, my, my, I tried uh, Hagar, but that didn't work out too good. And uh, that, that, that's, you know, that caused a lot of problems. And by the way, those of you who think you can handle two women, you don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, she had to go. Are you there, saints? And, the, um, and Abraham's thinking, this time next year, this time next year? I know it takes nine months. A year is 12. That gives me three months. Are you all there? I know you know this story, but stay with me for a moment. And it's amazing to me that Sarah is listening to this conversation. And she's, she's over in the tent laughing. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure, yeah, right. It's amazing to me that what he can't produce, God said you will. What's been impossible for you, so you think, is easy for me. So you know what happens. Well, you don't know all the details, but you know what happened. And sure enough, she gets pregnant. Now I wonder, what was he thinking when she said, I'm sorry, so y'all help me. What do you think she was think, he was thinking when, when she said, I miss, my, I miss my cycle? You did what? How many of you men here today remember when your wife said to you, I miss my cycle. I don't mean bicycle. <laughs> Abraham said, you, what? She said, 
how to handle a cycle. It was kind of like the commercial I saw the other day when they got these little contraptions now that women tell whether they are or whether they aren't. And they keep them covered up because they don't want to know, right? And so they take their hand off. Ah! You, know, I'm, you didn't see those commercials? Sorry. So they are so elated. Now she's starting to waddle. It's a, have you ever seen a pregnant woman walk that carries the baby not back in the hips but forward? So when they walk, they can't lift the leg up like this. They just kind of have to scoot it. It's a beautiful thing. It's a, I, I don't have too many women with me right now, sweetie. I don't know quite why, but it's a beautiful thing. Thank you, baby, because I remember, I do remember, I remember. And, and, uh, and, and, and when they sit down, it's different when they sit down. Y'all know what happens when they sit down, right? They don't, they don't, they don't you know, when everything is normal, they just kind of, you know. But when, when they, they, they just kind of. <laughs> Can you imagine, Abraham is, uh, He's watching her. You, I bet you, every, I would imagine every move she made, he's watching her. She's carrying my seed. She's carrying my promise. In her, in her, all the things that God promised me. When we first took off on this journey, all that he promised me, she's got my seed. He, uh, let me help you, baby. Let me help you. That's it. That's it. I got to see. Go ahead. Easy. Ah, that's good. Are you okay? Can I rub your feet, baby? Whoo, thank you, honey. I'm sorry that you don't share my humor like I'm sharing it this morning, but can you imagine when she went, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. You, can you imagine they all run all the serpents running around they probably put him out the tent man when you hear that voice oh can you imagine holding 25 years of promise You ought to see father's face. I remember my face when my firstborn came. I never forget it. I remember I was in the waiting room with my best friend. And I was still in college. And she was, man, she wasn't pregnant. She was pregnant. And I didn't know if she was going to have twins or not. But, but, but here, comes, here comes Tiffany. And I, I wanted to be in the room. I didn't get to be in the room when the baby was actually born. They wouldn't let you in those days. But uh, um, that's... Yes, and so she, when the nurse, I'm si we're sitting there with my friend and we're talking, you know, it's two and three and four. How many, how many hours is your first delivery, remember? I don't mind, blame you. Anyway, uh, it, 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 it seemed like to me four, four or five hours. I'm in, I'm in this room and finally the nurse walks up with the bundle in her hand looking at me like this and I'm looking and I never forget when she took the cover off Tiffany's face 
Mary's my wife. I didn't get to hold her right there. She just showed her to me. I could see Carolyn's chin. Man, I was so, I can't even tell you. I, I would take the baby and, 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 and if she didn't go to, want to go to sleep, I'd take the baby and I'd lay her right on my chest so her ear could hear my heart. And I would put her there and just be quiet. And then she would just, Then I could move or do anything you wanted, flap her around. She don't care. <laughs> I remember the first day when she started. We got this little walker for her. She put it. We put her in the walker. She started running around. You know those little walkers used to have little, kind of a round deal with four wheels on them, and you put them in the sling, a sling, like a slingshot. You know, you put them in there. You know, and then they would feet, the feet, and and the, and the thing would move up. Remember that? Yeah. So I, we had this driveway that was that was sloped down. So I put her there, and she'd run it. Well, she'd lift her legs up like this. Man, and, and, and I never forget the day that she had a little, something, little brown thing coming out of her mouth. I said, come here, come here, come here, come here. She said, what, what is this? And I, I grabbed the brown thing, and a big old cockroach came out of her mouth. Cricket, I'm sorry, cockroach, no, forgive me, it wasn't cockroach, this is bad, a cricket, that's worse. And the cricket had been squashed. So took it out. What, 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 oh, 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 oh. Beloved, I can't even imagine what he felt when the Lord visits him again. You know, every time God visited Abraham, you can look at it about five times. Every time he visited Abraham, something incredible happened in his life. So it wasn't that Abraham didn't want a visitation from the Lord. But he shows up after father and son are getting along and the promise is in his hand. And the Lord shows up again. He says, and, and this time when he speaks to Abram, uh, it's, it's not joyful, it's commanding and solemn. Abraham, take your son, your only son. Abraham, take your promise, the promise I promised you. Abraham, take the thing you dearly love and sacrifice him to me. Now, we've got a problem because see, he's already heard God several times when he showed up, so he knows the voice of God. Lift your hand if you know when God is talking to you. Lift your hand if you have the courage to do so. You know when God's speaking to you. 
And so he spoke to him. He said, I want your son. Now, I don't know if you can imagine what that's like, but God didn't lie. He wasn't biting his tongue, and he was as clear as he's ever been before. So it wasn't a matter of understanding. Abraham, in chapter 18, and, and look on a little further, you'll see that he understood clearly what the Lord said. And I want you to learn this principle this morning so that you'll never forget it so God can take you where he wants to take you. To learn it and to learn it well is to prepare yourself for the great things that God desires to do in your life. And so he took that son. He saddles up the donkeys. He gets a few of his servants. And he said, sacrifice him on a mountain where I will show you. So he doesn't even know exactly, kind of like in the beginning, go where I tell you. So he doesn't even know exactly where he's, but he knows I'm, I'm taking this boy to sacrifice him to God. Now Abraham fully knows what sacrifices are because he's done that many times before. Are you all still there? It's in chapter 22 of Genesis that you can read this detailed account. God didn't leave anything out. Some things he does leave to our imagination. Like I don't know what kind of conversation he was having with his servants or with the son as they were going on this three-day journey. He finally gets to the place and the Lord shows him where to do that. He unloads the wood that's on the donkey and he takes the boy puts the wood on the boy's back to carry it. Of course, you know, when children are small, they love to help mommy and daddy. Have you ever, parents, have you, have you not figured that out when they're real young? Let me help. Now, they don't know what they're doing, but let me help. At the stage where they actually mess up more than they actually help. I'm sorry, am I talking to the right parents? And so that boy carries the wood, and they're going up this mountain for Abraham to take his seed, which is his son, to give it back, him back to the Lord. You should know that Abraham knows about tithes because he's already back in the 17th chapter, he's already taken the tenth of the spoils and, and given it to Melchizedek. He understands that. In fact, he didn't get the promise of the child coming a year later until he had given that tithe. But what's amazing is this is something different. So uh, Isaac is not a tithe. He doesn't have 10 sons. Abraham would have to have 10 sons in order for him to be a tithe. No, he's the first. Look at your name and say, he's the first. Ask your neighbor, do you remember your first child? Whew. So Abraham, Abraham, uh, he, he, they go up the mountain. You all know this story. They climb the mountain. They, they get there and they, he, he, he builds an altar to the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell, tell them altars are for answers. 
He didn't take any of the servants because the servants did not have that kind of relationship with God. And no telling what the servants would have done if Abraham would have raised the knife to destroy his son and the servants saw him. And no telling what they would have done. So he told the servants, y'all stay here. Me and the boy, we're going up to worship. And maybe you haven't thought about it. Altars are for worship. Offerings are to worship God. To declare his worth. To proclaim his greatness. And his goodness. And he takes his son. And the, and the son, I, I would imagine maybe the, that was when, maybe it's like game or something. I don't know what. What are we going to pray? Tie the boy up? Okay, dad, tie me up. <laughs> hurry, Flynn. I want to hurry. So Abraham, I, don't, I wonder what was going through his mind. I know he said this to the servants before he went up. He said, I and the lad will go up to worship and then we will return. Look at your neighbor. He said, he said we will return. So somewhere in Abraham's mind, he has complete confidence in the God that told him to do something that was not unlike anything he'd ever told him to do before. One thing Abram did, Abraham did, he had confidence in God. I think you said it exactly right, Eliul. People do not release because they're afraid. They're afraid that what they have, once I release it, I don't have it anymore. There's no more. But people who are afraid at God's command don't understand who's commanding them. And so it is. The boy is tied to the altar. The servants are on the bottom saying, how long are they going to be? Abraham has got it in his mind. You said, do it. That's what I'm going to do. Listen to me. I think you should be like him. I think we ought to be like him. That when God gives you something to do that's strange or different or, or certainly unlike things you've done before and you know it's God, look at your neighbor and say, don't think about it. Just do it. I'm talking to those of you that know the voice of God. You know, God doesn't do anything that is against. We understand this on the other side of the New Testament. God doesn't ask us to do anything that's against his word. So all, all that Abraham was was the words that God gave him before. And he told Abram, he said, out of you, a great nation will come. And in it, not, that, not only that, multitudes will come out of you. Look at your neighbor, put your hand on him and say, did you know there are multitudes inside of you? I find somebody else and say, I'm going to say that one more time. There are multitudes inside of you. God said, I will make you a great nation. Multitudes will come out of you. And you know what? Because of you and your family, the whole world is going to be blessed. I want to affirm that for you one more time today. Put your hand on your neighbor and say, you know, multitudes are going to be blessed because of you. You couldn't, tell them, preach for me a little bit. You couldn't have been here unless God ordained you to be here. 
the same way that Isaac couldn't have been there unless God had ordained for him to be there. And so Abraham raises the knife. I don't think he just waved the knife in front of the boy. He probably had that stuck in his belt someplace as he tied the boy up. Here's how we tie the boy, tie the boy. <laughs> so Isaac laid there. I wonder what's next. You don't have any record of struggle or anything like that, so let me just put this to you. Abraham raises the knife. And when, his, when, when the knife comes to the pinnacle, the angel, the Bible says the angel stops him. Because he was going to do it. In his mind, that's done. I don't know, maybe God has to raise him from the dead. I don't know what he has to do, but God promised me, and I know he promised me. So if he's asking this from me, then there's something that I may not understand or get, but I do know that he did promise this boy. Tap your neighbor and say, don't love the gift more than you love the giver. This is a principle in our, your life and my life we've got to live by if we want the best from God. The angel stops him and he says, now I know, Abraham, that you fear me. Can, can I put it to you another way? Now I know I can trust you with much because you are faithful with little. Now I know that you love me more than any of the stuff I could give you. Now I know I can give you a promotion because the promotion won't separate you from me. Now the thing I've always promised was not the boy. I didn't promise you the boy. I promised you nations. I know I can do it because I can trust you with what you've got. Preach to your neighbor. I want to go home. Tell them, look them in their face. Say, faithful and little is the same as faithful and much. Now, give somebody a high five, said, passed, pass the test, pass the test. God has the right to test you because God said, you can test me. Only time in scripture he says it, test me and prove. Only time I, I read in the scripture that God says, I put my character on the line and you can test me and see if you do what I tell you, see if I won't do what I said. Amen. Look at your neighbor and give him a high five. Say, you, can test, you, can, you can test God and he will prove himself worthy. Here's what I want to tell you today. The sacrifice had to be made because God said, give him to me. Abraham, in his heart, where, where, where the issues of life are settled, made the decision. And God watched him to see as he followed through. And when he followed through, God said, oh, okay, stop. I have a substitute for your boy. And over in the bush, there was a, a ram caught in the bush. Look at your neighbor's head. The ram like a lamb. 
You know who the lamb is, right? You know who the lamb is, right? Look, talk to your neighbor. You know who the lamb is, right? So Abraham could go get that ram. How many of you know Abraham was so happy? He ran over, he got that lamb. Oh, he cut that lamb's throat. Let the blood rain. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Now all the time, the boy's like, Why did you tell him this? Because the secret is in the seed. Tell your neighbor, said the secret is in the seed. In, in Isaac were the, was the whole promise. And in your seed is your whole promise. When you give, whatever you give becomes seed. To what he promised you. Write this down. Your future is in that seed. When God asks you to give something, your future is in there. All seeds have potential. No seed is what it's going to be. Completely what it's going to be. All seed has potential. But everyone in here knows until you plant it, only then does a potential spring forth. So when it comes to first fruits, God demonstrated for us this incredible life, life demonstration when Abram, now Abraham, takes the boy that he loves so much and offers him to God. And everything that God promised him now can come to pass. So you put it this way, you, we are working with God and we're walking with God in time. And so every time God, every time God asks for something concerning what you plant as a seed, it is his invitation to unfold your future. That's why I need you to change your attitude and stop looking at God getting something from you instead God getting something to you. I need you to put fear down today so that all that God promises can be yours. With the first fruit, you know, God said, this is what I want. And of course, all he had was the first and the best. And he goes later on, it's in, it's in Exodus later on that he tells Israel, even before they leave to the promised land. He says, when you get in the land, he says, the first of your cattle, the first of your, the firstborn, all the first, they belong to me. So Abraham was a forerunner of all that and demonstrated it because when God believed, when Abraham believed, when Abraham believed God and Sarah becomes pregnant and then God says, now this thing that's born to you, 
I, I don't, I don't, I won't talk, I, I can't talk about it the way I want to, but circumcision is, is God, is a, is a symbol of God removing something from your heart. So your reproduction, reproduction of your life can glorify God. We walk with God. God wants to do something to your heart. That's why Isaac was so precious to God because Abraham's heart was all the way in it. You want, you want to please God, tell you, if you want to please God, then trust him. 